everybody. Welcome to BL Boys for Wednesday, June 10th. We're doing it live. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. I'm Clayton. I'm Pat. And Pat, let's not even do any kind of chit-chat. We have numbers. We have a top 10. A, a, a real top 10 with real numbers of real movies, real box office. It's it's stunning. It's I guess the pandemic is over. It's You're done. calling it. I, I mean, mission accomplished. I guess so. I I mean, yeah, I'm calling it. It's over. We got a top a box office top ten. The pandemic is over for box office. Let's say that. And there might be a there might be a second wave where then we don't get numbers, but for right now, we got numbers, Clayton. Yeah, mission accomplished. Wow. No one's ever gone wrong saying that phrase. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. Number one, Trolls World Tour. Now, just to let you know, this mm-hmm. is a Deadline article. Deadline yes. went out and did their research. Listen, we know they're in the pocket of Big Disney, but let's put that aside. They did some stellar work. Because they are giving actual numbers. Because mm-hmm. you can see that Trolls World Tour is number one. And it's in its ninth week. Its three-day was $302,000. And its cum is $3 million. Now, this is theater. So we're talking enclosed theaters and drive-ins. Yes. So what's great about this top 10 that Deadline has put together is... This is all of the theaters that are available in North America right now. So they they have listed, for instance, for Trolls World Tour, it is in 197 theaters. So unlike uh, Box Office Mojo and, and all of their enablers who just basically only use what is reported to them by IFC Films, which is the only studio reporting numbers. Like you said, Deadline went out. They did the work. They dug up all the numbers, added them together. So again, these are real numbers. This is what's based on what all movie theaters are playing. So Trolls World Tour, number one, Clayton. And we've been calling this for a while. You know, like I, I don't want to give ourselves too much credit, but I do feel like we deserve all the credit in that the only thing that makes sense here is Deadline, of course, listens to the B.O. Boys. Deadline are... Uh, a website full of wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls. They've heard us week after week saying someone has to go do the work and get the real numbers. Someone has to do it because Trolls World Tour is definitely number one. And and we've been saying this and Deadline finally took them a while, but they finally did it. They should be applauded for um, listening to us. Well, of course. And- yeah, that and doing the work. Yes, yes. Um, so Trolls World Tour number one. Do we do we want to go through the whole top ten and then analyze it? I, I forget how we used to do this. It's been so long since we've had a top ten. We can do whatever we want, but I think the meal of this mm-hmm. episode is going to be digging in. Yes. But we should give people who have been so patient with us, Mm -hmm. if they are busy, 
if they are doing things that need to be done and they just need to hear the top 10 at the Mm -hmm. top of the show, let's give them the top 10, then we dig in. Okay, great. So why don't you go through the top 10 uh, one by one with what they made this weekend? How's that? That's great. Number two, The Invisible Man. It's got legs. It's in 121 theaters, three day. It made $279,000. Number three, bit of a dark horse here, Becky, which is the Kevin... James. You wanted to say Kevin Smith, didn't you? I wanted to say Kevin Smith. I I, I wanted to see Jane Silent Bob reboot on this list, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Becky, this is kind of an exploitation film. We'll get into this movie. 45 theaters, three-day, 2005.8K, and it's in its first week. So number three with a bullet. 205,000. That's what you meant to say. You said 2,000. It's 205,000. Sorry. 205,000. Number four, our boy Sonic in 107 theaters, three day, 200K. Wow. In its 16th week at number four. Number five, a little movie that lives up to its name, The Wretched in 99 theaters, had a three day of 196K. So it was, it's in its sixth week, and according to certain people, it's been the number one for five weeks. But that is not true, as we yeah. know, because it's been Trolls World Tour the whole time. Yeah, we'll get back to this one. It's part of the ever-developing Scott Mendelson is a fraud story that we, we hate that it exists, but it exists. So we'll, we'll, we'll be getting back to the wretched. We didn't think it could get any worse, but it did. Mm-hmm. Number six, another movie holding on. The Hunt in 64 theaters had a three day of 189K. It's in its 13th week. Lucky number 13. This is also something to talk about. Number seven, cementing itself as the. This is, this is now the movie series of record. Jumanji, the next level. 68 theaters. It made $169,000 its three-day weekend. And it's in its 26th week. Yeah, this is, this is the moment where the Jumanji series officially uh, takes the mantle from Star Wars. Yes, this is the franchise for the 20s. Number eight, a catalog title. This is a curveball here, although Mm -hmm. not really because we were talking about this movie and how this movie probably was doing better than some of the movies they were talking about in their top in their top three that they were reporting. The Goonies in 66 theaters had a three day of one hundred and eleven thousand dollars. This is a 35 year old movie. Yes. And we talked about uh Last week, when we were talking about Wonder Woman 1984, which right now is scheduled to come out in August, and how a movie like that needs to create a feeling of calm and nostalgia, we specifically said in that movie, Wonder Woman needs to interact with 
the Goonies. And I think the Goonies coming in number eight in the box office cements that fact that if Wonder Woman 1984 doesn't already have a Goonies scene in it, they need to figure out how to socially distance film some new scenes with Sean Astin and Corey Feldman and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. They have to make that happen. It is clear as day now. Goonies number eight. Number nine. Bad Boys for Life. In 39 theaters, three-day, $96,000, week 21. Again, I mean, Big Willie, he's so back, it's not even... It's He's so back, it's funny to ever think of him gone. Number 10, a disappointing movie on mm-hmm. all fronts, clinging mm-hmm. to number 10. Onward. 33 theaters, three-day, 92K in its 14th week. This is where I feel like the reporting might be off. I'd have to believe that there, that Porky's has made more in, in, in its legacy showings than Onward. Really? I mean, here's the thing. Or it's 11, uh, or it's right there, or right. it's right sniffing the tailpipe. Well, that's something to, th- to think about when we predict our top tens for next week you know i think that's one of the questions we'll both have to answer will porky's overtake onward next week let's go back to number one real fast trolls world tour this is a movie that kicked ass on pvod and it shows it's showing a little bit of strength in that setup where even though it's been available for nine weeks at home People are still going out and venturing to not just drive-ins, because this is 197 theaters. Mm-hmm. So they are venturing into enclosed spaces where they have to wear masks, where they're they're getting their temperature taken orally or anally. However, it's we haven't been to one yet, so we don't know. And I think mm-hmm. they're still probably rotating. Right. And they're so- rotating with different thermometers. I don't want to start any kind of health scare or anything, but there is a rotation, I'm sure, with different... People are asked their preferences, I'm assuming. Right. And they'll do they're doing all that to see this movie. And that shows strength. Yes. I mean, is there any is there any way of, of framing Trolls World Tour as anything other than a mega hit? We're looking at a movie that made over a hundred million on PVOD. It's been number one at the theater. Number one at the theater for nine weeks now. This is a this is a smash. The thing too is that this is a reinvigorated franchise. Mm-hmm. This this franchise has been reinvigorated by adversity, by instability, because this could have easily been a Secret Life of Pets 2. This could have easily been a Smurfs 2. This could have been any one of these flavor of the month kids movies. Have a big smash first movie, second movie, I'm not interested anymore. This is a very, it it is a smash. And it's a platform wide smash. Yeah. It, It goes to show, because Trolls, the Trolls brand has been around since what? The 90s. Trolls dolls were a big thing in the 90s. And this really 
cements the fact that trolls are stars. Trolls are not, like you brought up, Secret Life of Pets. Those pets are nobodies. Those pets are not going to stand the test of time. 20 years from now, we ain't going to remember those pets. Who is a dog? Who is a cat? Where, where were they going? They were taking a bus. They were staying at home watching TV. I don't remember. No one was going to remember. The trolls, though, have now been major stars uh, in, in, in stores, in bodegas, in movie theaters, and now on PVOD for 30 years. This is part of Americana. Like you said, Trolls World Tour did this during one of the most fraught times in movie box office history. And when the history books are written about this pandemic, about coronavirus, Trolls World Tour being on top of the box office for nine straight weeks, that gets a paragraph. It's in there. The trolls themselves will be looked at as as characters who brought calm and solace to children, mm-hmm. brought parents some time to themselves. And I do think, I don't want to downplay anything that's that's happened with COVID, but there are kids that are so young that they would watch trolls and they don't know what's going on in the world right now. They Mm -hmm. didn't know that they had to stay home, but they knew they had to stay home, but they weren't sure the scope of it, but Mm -hmm. they got to spend so much time with their mom and their dad and their sisters. And they became a strong family unit. And the trolls are going to remind them of a time where mom didn't have to go to work. Dad didn't have to go to work. Mm hmm brother and sister didn't have to go to separate schools. They were right. all doing it at home and, and spending a lot of time together doing activities. Right. The trolls are going to bring back and invoke those feelings of family. And it's going to be this really specific memory for kids of this generation where they think back to remember that time we all watched a movie together in a car Mm. Well, no, that's the future. Well, that's true. That is the future. Well, they're going to think back and say, that's the first movie we watched in a car. Now we do everything in our cars. And it started with trolls. Exactly. Yes, that'll be it. So Trolls World Tour, uh, like we mentioned before, This deadline article, this is the truth. This is the real numbers. They've been number one at the box office for nine weeks. You've got other uh, just horrific places like Box Office Mojo and Scott Mendelson saying that other movies have been number one during this time. The Trolls World Tour people have to get ahead of this story. And they have to make sure that the history books are written correctly because they're in danger. You know, we've never had a we've never had a period in box office where there wasn't an agreement about what happened, where there wasn't truth. And we've been living in a post-truth box office reality for going on three months now. And it has it has to be corrected. And deadlines doing 
doing that and we've been doing it and deadline yep. has yep. caught up and Mendelssohn needs to cu- catch up. Don't yeah. be on the wrong side of history, Scott Mendelssohn. And we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. But the, the trolls have to get their due. They've been number one at the box office for nine weeks. And uh, we've just got to keep beating that drum. We've got to keep pounding that horn and make sure that that's known. So number two, talk about pounding that horn. The Invisible Man. So you, in pre-COVID times, we were talking about Elizabeth Moss and whether or not she was going to become a star because of this movie. Mm -hmm. And you were very Team Moss. Very pro her being a movie star. And I was saying I wouldn't buy that stock. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I'm going to say that I would love to be allowed to buy that stock now because The Invisible Man is number two. It's been, it was in the theaters pre-COVID. Yeah, it had two or three big weekends before. Maybe two, an opening weekend and then one real weekend. And then I think its third weekend is when the wheels fell off of the planet. So this movie has survived being in theaters, being at home, being in drive-ins, then being back in real theaters. Not to call drive-ins not real theaters, but I guess standard theaters or enclosed theaters. Yeah. So this is a movie that has taken that journey, and it's number two in the country, and it's gaining theaters. Now, it's gaining theaters because more theaters are opening, but still... This is a movie that's 15 weeks old. The word of mouth has continued with this film. And this is a movie that hinges so much on her performance. And it's a tour de force. And I do think, and I do think, that there could be a little bit of Oscar buzz. I, I just, I, you know, this isn't a Bill Hader, It Too situation. Mm-hmm. I've given this a lot of thought. And I'm not starting up the hype machine for no reason. I think this is a movie that is sticking in people's consciousness. And therefore, when it comes to Oscars, whatever that's going to look like, she could be in there. She could be in there. I I mean, I think it's a situation where, to me, it's a slam doink. Because it's a, a critically loved performance. And Elizabeth Moss has been the movie star of the pandemic. She is someone who, when we, we have been in the scariest uh, health situation we've ever seen, people have said, you know what? Let's put on our masks. Let's put on our hazmat suits. Let's risk everything and go see that Elizabeth Moss movie that I've heard so much about. And if that doesn't get you a nom, 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 I don't know what does. I don't know what does. It's a slam doink. I, 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 I would be beyond flummoxed if those nom, nom, noms came out next January and Elizabeth Moss for Invisible Man was not in, in there. Let's talk about number three, Becky. Now, this is a movie released by Quiver which is, I guess, a production company. 
It stars Kevin James as a white supremacist, a Nazi, who invades a house. Him and his cohorts are thwarted by a 13-year-old girl. So this is a exploitation take on Home Alone with Nazis. Great. And I would guess the girl's name is Becky. I we could assume. I will I would assume that, yes. Now, this is the film that Mendelssohn is calling the number one movie in America. For those who were not fully caught up, the problem these last few months is the big studios stopped reporting the numbers for their movies. The only studio that really was was reporting the numbers of what their movies were making has been IFC Films. Hence, the lazy, lazy, lazy people who work at Box Office Mojo, they've just been feeding out whatever IFC Films reports to them. Um, so Quiver is in that same situation. They're a distributor who reported the numbers. And so Box Office Mojo and Scott Mendelson. They're just going by that, unlike this Deadline article, which dug in, called up the theaters, got real numbers, and figured it out. So here is kind of a bombshell for me, at the very least. So this is Quiver Distribution put out this movie in association with Redbox Entertainment. Huh. Which I believe is the same red box that you would find in your local Dwayne Reed or Walgreens. Right, or on a highway. Yeah, your rest stop of choice. So this is a home entertainment company mm-hmm. trying to scam their way into box office notoriety. Which, good for them. Like we've said before, we're not anti-scam, we're anti-falling for and reporting a scam. But the scammers themselves have the right to scam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this film made $205,000 in mm-hmm. theaters. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is a drive-in type movie. This is a, a movie that is, when you think of those old exploitation type movies which play drive-ins this is the kind of thing that does really well in drive-ins so you see it's only in 45 theaters my assumption is that the bulk of those are drive-ins so drive-ins are still they are still really pushing the business at the moment because you can i believe fill a drive-in theater to capacity because Mm -hmm. of the protective nature of the, the the car Right. which we've talked about previously in, in past episodes. So there's a question, and you know we read Mendelssohn's article, as to whether these sort of movies, like Becky, like The Wretched, like The Hunt, will these movies cross over into enclosed theaters? Will these kind of movies be able to still have some sort of viewership when these enclosed theaters open up and the big movies come in Mm -hmm. or are these movies a passing fancy because they're all you have right now and people need movies. So they're going to see Becky. I mean, my thought on something like Becky or these exploitation horror movies are they might have 
um, a little window when indoor enclosed theaters start opening up in June and July because those indoor theaters are just going to need titles and, 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 and files to play. You know, they're just, they're going to straight up just need uh, QuickTime files or whatever theaters play digitally now. So something like Becky, something like The Wretched, their companies are out there emailing them to everyone. So it's, it's something to play for the first few weeks until there's enough new regular movies that could fill up a theater schedule. So I could see Becky and the Wretched getting into like maybe even the first handful of AMCs that open at the end of June. Um, but because Tenet's they're not... coming in and cleaning house. Yeah, then Tenet comes in and they probably kick out everything and just show Tenet on every screen. But I think there's like a three-week window where even something like an AMC will play these horror movies. You know, again, just as a, it's all a test. You're going to have three or four weeks of them just figuring out where they need to stick the thermometers, you know, whether to turn bathrooms into a big trough. I don't know if that's healthier or less healthy. They'll figure it out, and they'll use something like Becky to run those tests. So I think Becky is much like, you know, the uh, upcoming Russell Crowe movie Unhinged. I think something like the Becky, like Becky is a great canary in the coal mine situation. But see, Becky, is this a film that we are going to watch? Um, I mean, I definitely want to see it because it's a new movie. I don't think this will be the movie that gets me into... It's definitely not going to be the movie that gets me into an enclosed theater. Becky is not the movie that um, gets a thermometer up my butt or, you know, a swab into my brain. There will be a movie that does that. It won't be Becky. It'll probably be Tenet. Um, But I'll watch Becky on PVOD. Yeah, so I think that's an indicator right now. Is but would you go to a drive-in if you had a if you could? If somebody um, said, "Hey, let's drive out there. We'll wear our masks and watch Becky." Yes, I would allow a uh, a friend or a listener. So wanna be a boy, wanna be a girl. I would let you drive me to a drive-in to watch Becky. I would do that. So I guess, yeah, Becky could get my box office because if someone out there wants to come by and pick me up, throw me in a back seat, you wear a mask the whole time, take me to Becky, I'll do it. Great. I would, I, I, I think that's something that, I mean, email us if that's something you're interested in doing. Yes. Um, and uh, that would be email us at the boboys podcast at gmail.com. Take me to see Becky. The take Pat to see Becky contest. Yes. Yes. That's a great, it's a, a sweepstakes. Whoever and everyone's writes, eligible, huh? Yeah. You just have to write a, an essay about wh- your, your movie of choice. And why and me? Think- I think that's the other thing. I, I mainly want to read Why Me, not so much about the movie. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's more about me than it is the movie. We're going to see Becky. That's true. So, um, yeah. So take me to see Becky. Email us and uh, I'll go. Hashtag take Pat to see Becky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number four, big star, Sonic. Iger is Iger is Iger rolling around in the casket he sleeps in. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this basically since Sonic came out in February, right? Is that when Sonic came out? It's been came out in February. Weeks, yeah. Opened up Bafo Bobo, uh, just a massive hit out of the gate. And, you know, we've been saying since the beginning, Bob Iger, egg all over his face because he never bought Sonic as a Disney property the way he bought, you know, failures such as Star Wars. And the Muppets who have done nothing at the B.O. in the longest time. Yeah, that's the big one. When you compare he has Garfield. Iger bought Garfield. Remember, this is something that we talked about uh, a couple episodes ago. Wow. God, when you compare those properties to Sonic, Iger, yeah, you're right. Iger should be, he should be rolling around in the casket he sleeps in. It's, it's, this should keep him up at nights. And it, 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 it does. And this deadline article must have been a, a stake in his heart. Yeah. And you know what? God, good on deadline again. Because Deadline is in the pocket of Big Disney. But, but they went out and they printed the fact that Sonic the Hedgehog is number four in its 16th week at the domestic box office, which is something you know Bob Iger did not want them to print. No. You you know that before this article went to press... Before they pulled the lever to print all these deadlines, Bob Iger was on the horn telling them, don't do it. Do not print the fact that Sonic is still number four. Mm-hmm. And said, whoever don't, that don't heroic. Yes. He said, don't fuck with me. And deadline said, we have to do what is right. And what is right is letting people know that Sonic the Hedgehog is number four at the domestic box office. This is this is reporting. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing I expect from a media that cares. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud to be a brain worm inside its head right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, anything else to say about Sonic number four? God, it's it's such an incredible feat. And and Sonic 2 is going to be massive. Yes. Yes. Because much like Trolls World Tour and um, Elizabeth Moss with the Invisible Man, Sonic now has that Corona cred. It has that distinction of being one of the movies that is helping to get everyone through this. It's a survivor. Yes. Because it... This is the 
best of both worlds in that people will have these. And I think another movie we're going to talk about uh, coming up or a few movies, people have that uh, sense memory of seeing Sonic in the innocent times, you know, in the times pre pandemic. But then they're also going to have that, those memories of seeing Sonic again in theaters during the trying times of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And that's two memories. Those are the most movies have no memory. Sonic's going to be providing two different distinct memories. If you could have a blockbuster that creates more than one memory, then you have a smash. Yes. Yes. Now, number five, the wretched, a movie that a certain Scott Mendelson thought could run the table. Mm-hmm. and become one of the longest-running number one films next to Titanic is actually number five. Yep. And was never number one. Never number one. Scott Mendelson wrote an article a week ago, yeah, pondering whether The Wretched could overtake Titanic as the movie <laughs> that was number one at the box office for the most weeks in a row. Now... You know, listen. How do, just, he's going to have to live with that. He's going to have laughable. To... Yes. I don't like to laugh, and that made no, me laugh. It, hurts. it really did. It's I, so unbelievable. I want to laugh because I love to laugh. Unlike you, I enjoy it, but I can't laugh because Scott Mendelson is someone who we at the B.O. Boys, have been holding up as a a hero for a long time. If we were to uh, erect a a B.O. reporting statue in our offices, Scott Mendelson's top of that list of someone who we would have erected a statue to. And at this point, I ain't buying... It's, it's coming down or it's staying unfinished. You know, we may have started the statue of Scott Mendelson, um, possibly got to like bottom row of teeth. You know, if we're starting neck up, it's like a bust. It's not like a full body, you know, okay. like a Michelangelo uh, David situation. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a bust, you know, shoulders up, a little bit of shoulders, neck, head. And maybe we got to that bottom row of teeth. And after his reporting these last few weeks saying that The Wretched is is possibly going to run the table of being the number one movie for more weeks in Titanic. After that, I'm stopping at the teeth. I ain't building anymore. Well, now, I mean, now we can turn it into whoever wrote this deadline article if they have similar molars. Right, right. Anthony de, de Alessandro, maybe maybe he is the top of the head that we, because we can't we don't we won't be able to fix the bottom like his chin, so maybe the chin won't be completely accurate because it's got going to have the Mendelssohn chin, but right a lot of the a lot of character is in the you know nose and the eyes. That's where all the distinctions are going to be because the shoulders everyone's got the same shoulders. Like unless you're an athlete, like a football player or something, 
you look around whose shoulders are distinctive. No one's got distinctive shoulders. So that's fine. Necks. I guess some people have longer necks than others, but even necks are pretty uniform. Yeah. The bottom row of teeth and the chin, that's a problem. You know, if someone has, that's why Batman wears a mask that covers his nose and his, and his rest of his face, because you can't tell who Batman is from his mask. And that's all that we have of Mendelssohn. Right, right. So I, I think switching the the statue or the bust midway is going to be fine. I don't think people are going to notice. I, no. I think we're in the clear. If um, we don't tell so Scott, them, they'll never know. Right, 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 right. If we if we bring them into the B.O. Boy's office and we lead with, hey, look at the statue. The bottom half is Forbes's Scott Mendelson. The top half is somebody else. Then they would say, "Oh, yeah, it's I all they're going to be able to see." Right, right. Don't right. think but of an elephant. Don't, s- don't think of an elephant. What are you thinking about right now? An elephant. An elephant. Of course. Of course, I'm thinking of an elephant. So yeah, I think our main thing is we just don't say anything. We show them the bust, and we don't even acknowledge it. We just, it's in the corner. We never bring it up. They never ask yeah, about it's it. It's not even it's, a centerpiece of the office. It's not even the most impressive part. It's its really just something that we have on a shelf somewhere. Yes. Yeah. There's like books around it and, and it's just like family photos and just like tchotchkes and stuff. It's Yeah, you, it's a part of a whole tableau. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Scott Mendelson. That's what you're missing out on. You were once a B.O. Boys hero. You were once someone who we held in the highest esteem. And now you're a bottom row of teeth. And that's it. Man, I if you told me this three weeks ago, I'd I'd probably I'd probably spit in your general direction. God, which is such a violent act three weeks ago because that is during the pandemic Mm -hmm. to spit in my face then would be uh, akin to attempted murder and yet i would say you were correct for doing so because if i had insulted the integrity and the box office reporting of scott mendelson three weeks ago yeah yeah do what you got to do clayton It'd be a virtual spit. I have a, I have an app that that on FaceTime can spit at people. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's doing really well. It was doing really well during during the pandemic. And now you kind of feel like now that we're in like, you know, the reopening of cities, the app is not doing as well. People don't I- want to virtually spit as much as they used to. They want to go to go outside. I haven't used it in about a week. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, really it had a good run. It did have a good run. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that quiz. Uh, it was like that quiz uh, app that nobody can remember the name of anymore. HQ. HQ. Yeah. Yeah. The virtual spitting app is like HQ. Mm-hmm. The Ringer's going to do a podcast about it in a couple months. Ooh, that'll be good. Yeah. So. All right. So. Anything else on the wretched number five, 99 theaters made 196 K it added theaters this past week. 
you know, it added some enclosed theaters. Um, Is this a movie we have to see? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's a movie that we would have had to see if the reporting from box office mojo and their enablers like Scott Mendelson at Forbes, if that had been accurate and this really was the number one movie in theaters these last few months, yes, we would have had to see it now. It's, it's just, it's an, it's a, it's, it's a nothing. It's a middling grindhouse movie that hasn't actually ever been number one at the box office. So we don't even VOD this. No, no, no. And you know, this is a six ninety nine rental too. I That's believe. Absurd. And we're not even gonna we're not even gonna do it. No. And you know what though? This is the problem. The reporting, the inaccurate reporting of the box office has made me biased against this movie in a way that is not fair to the movie. It's not the movie's fault that Box Office Mojo is giving inaccurate information. The Wretched didn't do that wrong. Yet we hold those transgressions against the Wretched. And you know what? There's nothing we could do about it. That's the way our brains work. Yeah, and IFC did it, did the filmmakers and the stars of this film a disservice because their scams do have repercussions. Yes. Yes. So that, you know, we're going to do a prediction for next week and we're going to have to build that into our predictions. Do people's disgust at the box office reporting, does that play into them deciding, I don't want to see the wretched. I don't want to be a part of this. there's a very good chance because right on its heels Mm -hmm. is a movie that almost was number five and it was only missing by about $7,000. The Hunt, another uh, exploitation type film that did come out the week it hit. The week COVID hit, this film was released in theaters and then did not do well because of the pandemic or was it the week before it was the week of so it was if we're thinking of the tom hanks nba wednesday night as the big milestone the hunt came out that friday which was basically the last weekend when anything was like somewhat resembling normalcy that okay. was the weekend. The Hunt and Bloodshot both came out say. that Friday. And by that point, there were massive theater closings. And then the wheels completely came off after that weekend where there were not enclosed movie theaters anymore. So The Hunt had like one completely bizarre sort of opening weekend. And then it was on PVOD the following Friday. And we all watched it. And we all watched it that Friday. So The Hunt really never had an actual uh, theater run pre-pandemic. It has been a fully pandemic op- uh, theater run. Yeah, but it's interesting. 64 theaters. It doesn't look like it's adding any theaters at the mm. moment, but who knows? 
but yeah, this is a pretty pretty good legs for a movie that we thought did not have an audience, and where we we said we didn't think it was going to do well when it opened, and it didn't. But those are like we said, those numbers are skewed because of what ended up happening. But you know, it is it's hard. It's going to get conflated with this is how they're going to spin onward that it was the pandemic that made this movie not popular. But as we know with Onward, that's not the case. It is not the case. Because Onward hunt- had a a real weekend. We'll talk about it. But Onward, got to remind people, had an actual pre-pandemic weekend and it bombed. And it did. Nothing to do with the pandemic. Nearly as bad as Good Dinosaur. Yes. Number seven. What? How, Jumanji, the next level. Amazing. So, so this is the franchise of note. This, this is the one that is going to be three movies, four movies, five movies, six movies. Mm-hmm. Going back to the theater to see it again and again and again. This movie was, COVID wasn't even a thought of anybody's 26 weeks ago. No. And and Jumanji comes out and then comes back into theaters. Because my assumption is that this left theaters completely or nearly completely at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then with the resurgence of drive-ins and then enclosed theaters, this was a film that was doing gangbusters up until it was pulled for other movies that needed to be released. And all these theater owners were like, let's put Jumanji in there because we know people will come. Mm-hmm. If we play it, they will come. Mm-hmm. And they did. This movie made $169,000 in its 26th week. Yeah, is this, anything- this is... Inc- I mean, I guess the thing to say about this movie is that it has got stars that make people feel happy and safe it has got the rock who is is just about as big of a movie star as you're gonna get i don't think there is any arguing that at this point and it is it is it is something that i think people go see this in the theater and the thought they leave with is i just can't wait to see the next one because I know when that happens everything's going to be better mm-hmm. and you know we're not seeing on this chart Rise of Skywalker a movie that came no. out after this film yep and that is a movie that if Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was a beloved movie instead of the disaster that we all know it was, both critically, uh, artistically, and most importantly, box officely. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker would be an absolute go-to in this type of situation. Like, it is the last Star Wars movie. It just came out in December. How is it possible that that is not the go-to catalog movie for all of these theaters to be 
using as they open up these enclosed theaters, as they run drive-ins. It is stunning that Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is not on this list. It just goes to show again what a hunk of box office shit that movie turned out to be. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it, that, is, that, is, that is crazy. Something that should be a no-brainer Yeah, is a no-brainer the other way. Where they're yeah. like, you know, know what's going to drive people away is if we put Skywalker in here. Yeah. Disney might have been like, hey, you guys can have Skywalker. And they were like, no thanks. Do you know? No thanks. Do you know where we can get Goonies? And they're like, oh, that's not us. That's another. Suit. Okay. Later. All right. Click. Iger on the so, other end of the phone. Fuming. Hey, guys. So... Just think, I mean, like, imagine if the pandemic had hit in 1983 instead of in 2020. 1983, the pandemic hits. All these movie theaters have to close. You got a handful of drive-in theaters open, you know, and then you've got some movie theaters a couple of months later start opening up. What do you think that something other than Star Wars Return of the Jedi would have been the go-to pick for movie theaters in 1983 during a pandemic. No that way. would have been that would have been the movie that all of these theaters are using to hang on. And that just goes to show again Rise of Skywalker is such a dud that they weren't that pick this year. In times of trouble, Star Wars failed us all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's look at number eight. The Goonies. So the first catalog wow. title that we have on the list mm-hmm. now made 111K. It is a lifetime cum of 20... Uh, I'm sorry... 62.5 million which we got to remember mm-hmm. this movie came out in 1985 so and it you know what it was not a hit it did fine well, it was not, right right because i mean you think a movie that made 50 or 60 million then is a is actually a much bigger hit than it sounds like but it but was, yeah it, it, it wasn't et no, no, no. It, the Goonies is definitely a movie that um, became a hit in the post-theatrical release. Yeah, this is a VHS movie. This is a DVD movie, Laserdisc yeah. movie. Yeah, Blu-ray. So we talked about this, the enduring legacy of the Goonies, how Wonder Woman 1984, you got to meet the Goonies. Mm-hmm. Here's how it happens, because here's the issue that we have with 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 meeting the Goonies in 1984. The movie didn't come out till 1985. OK, so there is an issue there. But what we can have is we can have some villain chasing Wonder Woman. They're in Hollywood. They run onto a set and they see a big ship, a big pirate ship. And guess who's on that pirate ship? <gasps> it's the DH Goonies 
And then you've got a DH Richard Donner coming out, and he's like, "Cut, cut! What are you two doing here?" Because it's Wonder Woman and, and uh, Chris Pine. Right. They run onto the set, and they're like, "Oh, sorry!" And then they like back out really, fu- and it's a huge funny thing. Right. And then Corey Feldman is like, "Who are those freaks?" Of course, that's and then, great. And that, and that brings the house down. Yes. Yeah. And it and it's a DH Corey Feldman poking fun of it poking fun at himself, which I love. Yeah. Because it's not Wonder Woman meeting the characters of the Goonies, which would make no sense. Mm-mm. It's Wonder Woman meeting the actors on set playing the Goonies. So yeah. they get to they get to poke fun at their public personas and also they're de aged. They gotta be de aged. Yeah. No, this is great. Um, I think that's a, that's a slam doink, if there ever was one. You got, and what's great about this, what's great about this is, you're already de-aging all these actors. You're de-aging Sean Astin. You're de-aging Corey Feldman. You're de-aging the guy who played Chunk. And and him, you probably don't have to de-age that much because it's a, it's all makeup anyway. So I think you let the you let the makeup and the and the rubber effects do most of the de aging. Chunk there. Chunk wasn't makeup. Chunk was not okay. So you got to de age the guy. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Th- yeah, I'm thinking of um, who's the the guy, the monster guy that they meet. I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, hey, you I, guys, sloth, sloth. I'm sorry, Chunk. Chunk is just a kid. So Chunk, you do have to de-age that actor. You have to de-age the actor who played Chunk. Sloth is a is a makeup and rubber situation. You don't have to de-age him. But and what I, I was saying is maybe we leave Sloth out because of eh, it's a different time. True. Okay. So and Sloth. We don't need to see Sloth. You don't need okay, so Wonder Woman doesn't meet Sloth. She just meets the kids. It's yeah. the kids. It's data, de-aged, chunk de-aged. Uh, Sean Astin, Mikey D-Aged, and Josh Corey Feldman D-Aged. And Josh Brolin d Well, that's a big get. Um, so you de-age all of them. What's great, though, about this is since most of it is uh, post-production anyway, you film it all on a green screen. And so you could do it in a socially distanced way over the next month. You don't have to put all of these actors together on a closed set. You're just sending Sean Astin a green screen, some makeup, you give him his line, and then he sends you the footage and you just de-age him and you throw him next to Gal Gadot. Perfect. Yeah. So it's like easy breezy, everyone's shooting it at home, and, you know... You just you just mesh it together, and it's just like twenty seconds. That's all people need. Oh, it's not a huge part of the movie. This isn't no. like the the second act. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you got to take advantage because like the Goonies number eight at the domestic box office in twenty twenty. People love them now more than ever. They're the movie that everyone decided this is going to be what gets us through this. This is going to be what gets us out of the house of all the old movies. It's the Goonies. 
gotta get the Goonies and Wonder Woman 1984. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah, move I, to I, number nine. Let's do it. But I, I just got, I love your idea. I, 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 again, what I love the most is it's all of these actors taking the piss, poking fun at themselves. I love that. You got to make fun of Hollywood mm-hmm. and nobody does it better than Hollywood themselves. Of course. Bad Boys for Life, number nine. I mean, it's really just like, what can we say? 21 weeks, this movie is a, a restarting a franchise. It is, it is, it is, it's like Fast and the Furious again. It's like they introduce all these new characters. This is, again, this is a movie that is going to spawn sequel after sequel after sequel and be an integral mm-hmm. part of our post-COVID life. Mm-hmm. And I'm. it's so nice to see this as number nine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's very similar to Jumanji The Next Level and I would say Sonic in that these are the stars people wanted to spend their time with during this. These are the stars that got people in their cars to go to the drive-in. Sonic the Hedgehog is that star. The Rock is that star. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are those stars. So, bad boys for life. We love you. Yeah. Number 10. Onward. So this what is, is a there bomb. To say about Onward? Yeah, this is a movie that had a full weekend, mm-hmm. like you said, and tanked. Yep. And then hightailed it out of theaters, PVOD for a hot second, mm-hmm. where it's most likely tanked, and then right to Disney Plus. Yeah, this movie's a coward. Um, now it's hanging out with Artemis Fowl. Ugh. I know it is. It is a um, a movie that Disney and Pixar really are trying to make everyone forget about. Really trying to pretend that it was a victim of the pandemic, and it was not. It had an opening weekend pre-pandemic, tanked pre-pandemic. That should be its legacy. Um. And we will bang that drum forever. Onward mm-hmm. is a bomb, and Onward only has itself to blame. You know, and and the PVOD thing—that's a great point because look at Trolls World Tour, opened on PVOD, made uh, a giant opening weekend, right? Made like fifty million opening weekend, over a hundred million total PVOD. We never got those numbers from Onward. And the reason I'm going to say we never got them is because those numbers were probably terrible. Mm-hmm. Pixar was trounced by the trolls. Trounced. And Onward is it, we forget Onward is a trolls esque movie. It, Onward is a movie about trolls type characters, not the trolls, not the trolls we love. Onward's about the trolls that no one cares about. Yeah, it's a ripoff of Trolls. Yeah. That's how it'll be remembered. Remember yeah. that ripoff of Trolls? Yep. That's that's it's, bad. That is not a legacy. 
No. Um, it's now, great to see the real. I love this uh, the symbolism of Trolls World Tour at number one and Onward 10 because what it shows you is people want the real thing. Yes. Now, before we get into, you know, us saying what we think our top five is going to be next week, which is very exciting, mm-hmm. something we have not done in months. Notable absences here. Bloodshot, not on this list. No. A film that came out around the same time as Onward, The Hunt, Invisible Man. Interesting. I would think they'd yeah. be hanging out. Yeah, it is surprising. And especially, you know, we talked about this very early on when the drive-in movie culture started taking over. Vin Diesel, of course, uh, King of the Cars movies. You know, not the the animated cars, but Fast and Furious. He's a car guy. His fans are car guys and car gals. So we would have thought that something like Bloodshot starring Vin Diesel would have been a prime drive-in movie. Well, here's the thing. We we were following those numbers those first few weeks when drive-in numbers were a bit more readily available. And Bloodshot was doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's not discount what Bloodshot did do. You know, this is now three months into this. So I think Bloodshot had a pretty decent run at the drive-in. It's also a movie that did really well on PVOD. And maybe its audience just, they've all seen it. Well, here's the thing is that it was available to own very quickly, not just rent. So Mm -hmm. there's people that, so... I think this that's a movie that people bought and watched over and over and over at home, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. Trolls World Tour is ne- now, I think, just available to be, I don't even know, It's I think it's, I don't know if you can buy it yet. So I think that was the thing with Bloodshot is the hardcores saw it in the theater, bought it, and then they're just watching it over and over again at home. Right. It's a difference if you can rent something or if you can own it, whether you'll go to the theater, you know, once the social distance, well, not, well, once the restrictions have been laxed a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the, I think bloodshot it. Yeah, I agree. It's a movie that people are watching over and over again at home. And then other absence that I'm a little bit surprised about joker yeah yeah i i would have expected to see joker in this top 10 um yeah it's uh maybe it's maybe yeah i i'm not gonna throw any shade at deadlines reporting because no this is their week to shine so as far as i'm concerned these numbers are super accurate until I hear otherwise or just wake up one morning and decide otherwise. Um, but today's not that day. So Joker just, it didn't make the top 10. It's gotta um, be top 15 though. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, uh, what are the, yeah. What is the reasoning we think that Joker made? So number 10 onward made $92,000. Um, is I, I, this is not a blemish on Joker though. I mean, Joker came out last October. 
that's the thing is that yeah i think it's it, it, it i'm surprised that it's not on here but that's just because my esteem for the box office of joker is so high Mm-hmm. Well, here, okay, here's my theory now looking at all these movies. Other than a few of these new release Grindhouse movies, you know, like Becky and the Wretched, which are horror movies and like not family movies, but they are new. The rest of this top 10 is made up of either very new movies in the sense like movies like The Hunt. Um, or Trolls World Tour or Onward that came out either right at the start of the pandemic or during the pandemic, or like comfort food movies like Sonic, Jumanji, Goonies, Bad Boys for Life. And Joker is a... um, It's a movie that makes people feel uneasy and maybe... That is not how people want it to feel, especially in these enclosed theaters that are just starting to open up. So my theory is the enclosed theaters that have been opening these last few weeks, they were like, listen, we're going to have enough problems on our hands already. People are going to have to get their temperatures taken. Um, There's no more self-serve butter anymore that's going to cause a lot of problems joker might be too much to throw into the mix so i think that's what happened here it's not even that people chose not to see joker i think these enclosed theaters just didn't want to uh uh, give them that option that's a good theory yeah let's go with that so what is what are you predicting all right, so my top five for next okay. week. Got to go Trolls World Tour number one. You got to. Um, And then I got to go Invisible Man number two, repeating, because just looking at the numbers here, uh, the difference between Trolls World Tour and Invisible Man is not that far off, 30 grand. But then the... Box office from Invisible Man down to what was number three this week, Becky, was a difference of about $75,000. So I don't think <laughs> that gap is getting closed. Um, I am going to go with number three being Sonic the Hedgehog. Great, great call. Um, because again, looking at the grosses from last weekend, Becky only made five grand more than Sonic. And... It was Becky's opening weekend. So I think Becky's going to take a big drop. I think there was some curiosity because it was a new movie. But I don't think it's going to hold very well. So I go in Sonic 3. I am going to go with Jumanji The Next Level leapfrogging leapfrogging up to number four wow and then i'm gonna go with number five i'm gonna say 
Greece. I think Greece is going to be a movie that they just throw in a bunch of theaters and drive-ins and is just going to be number five. I'm going Greece, number five, starring the, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Greece? I thought you yeah. said grief. No, Greece. The movie, the musical from the 70s, Greece, starring John Travolta. I think that's I your number five movie. For a second, that Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta reunited in a film called Grief that is a 2020 film. I mean, that sounds like an IFC Films movie. <laughs> that, that but, I think, would be a huge smash if it came out. Yeah. Well, especially because most people would would just think it was a misprint and or they've misheard it and they would think it is Greece. Oh no, but this is more like this is this is like them doing a movie like Rabbit Hole. Mhm. So yeah, I think that's my number 5 is a re-release of Greece. Okay, so but again, is- I'm going I'm going Trolls World Tour number 1, Invisible Man number 2, Sonic number 3, Jumanji Next Level 4, Greece number 5. It's hard. Okay, so I got to do Trolls and Invisible Man both because mm-hmm. it just it's it's rock solid what you said numbers yeah. wise it just doesn't make sense i too think becky plummets like a stone so i'm gonna go sonic uh th- i'm gonna go sonic three mm-hmm. i'm you know i'm gonna say yeah, because all these are so pretty much the that five, six, and seven are are close. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the hunt is number four. That's right. And then I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Joker. I'm gonna say the Joker makes a, a comeback. <gasps> number five, Joker. Because I love when you it. think about it, it doesn't have to make that much more money to get there. Mm-hmm. It just needs more screens. Opening theaters, right? That's the whole thing about all of these titles right now. Is it's just about who adds more screens? You know, so I'm predicting when I predict Jumanji next level to move to number four, my thought is they're going to throw it in a bunch of screens for these theaters that are opening in the next weekend uh-huh um and i think that's a smart pick that joker might start gobbling up screens because california is getting the okay to open june 12th right but not a lot of theaters are going to open and the ones that do are going to be 25 percent capacity mm-hmm. but i think you know joker is a movie that would bring butts to the seats of course. It's a billion dollar baby. Yeah. Um, I think that's a smart pick. So our number fives, it's Grease versus Joker. Mm-hmm. Which I love that matchup. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um well let's hope that deadline now 
makes a habit of this and that we get another top 10 reported next weekend. You can't get us used to numbers and then not and then take them away. No. That's how you end up with a Scott Mendelson half a bust situation. Yes. Yeah, so you know, so this bust is half made and if we get numbers the next couple weeks, I think we know who the top of this bust is going to turn into. Yeah, whoever wrote this article. You said his name before, but I'm I already Anthony forgot Alessandro, it. something like that. Yeah, well, so if, if... We'll remember it when we get numbers for the next yes. few weeks. Yeah, if we get three weeks straight in numbers, we're adding his teeth to that statue. And we're remembering his name. Yes. Um. So those are our predictions for next week. Is there any other news that we need to really hit on. You said that movie theaters in California are allowed to start opening, but the big chains are not doing it yet. See, so we had a little birdie inside, inside Hollywood man. Oh, Mm -hmm. Hollywood insider, Hollywood insider, inside person Mm -hmm. who was saying that they're going to open the theaters for unhinged. Unhinged yes. is when the theaters are going to open, and we're going with that. He's not proven us wrong yet. And Our I Hollywood think, Insider is is has been right so far. Yeah, and I think that I I think that is when, you know, man, when Unhinged comes out July first, that's going to be such an indication of the strength of this box office. If we see what those numbers are going to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, will we get to low millions? Cause right now we're dealing with hundreds of thousands. Right. And imagine right. we get our first opening weekend. That is a couple million. Right. That's going to be so amazing. Which I think it's going to happen because Look at this weekend. Our number one movie was Trolls World Tour. It did make $300,000 and it only had 197 theaters and it's been out for nine weeks. You know, so you throw something like Unhinged out there and it's on uh, a thousand screens. I think we're we're looking at a million dollar baby. Oh, that'd be so great. Yeah. So I think it's going to happen. Obviously, knock on wood, cross your fingers, cross your toes. But throw some salt uh, over your shoulder. Right, right. Knock over a ladder. All that, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. So we're looking at the box office is, if not heating up, it's uh, it's it's getting lukewarm, which is mm. nice. There's signs of life. Yeah. So, yeah, no real news. Um, one news, let me see. I have this one thing tabbed where uh, Universal and Blumhouse have a Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried psychological thriller called You Should Have Left. And that is coming into PVOD uh, a week from Friday, Friday, June 19th. And it's like a haunted it was, B and, uh, uh, Airbnb or something. Yes. Um, Bacon and Seyfried star is a couple seeking a restful vacation on an isolated edge of the world 
in the Welsh countryside, only to discover secrets, demand a reckoning, and travel with them. So, it's a movie that I guess was going to get a theatrical release at some point, though it also feels like this could have always been POVOD. But it's a new movie. You know, we've been talking about it. June has something of a movie schedule coming up because we got three big PVOD or, you know, straight to home releases this week. We got Spike Lee's The Five Bloods going straight to Netflix. We've got uh, Artemis Fowl going straight to Disney Plus, which was supposed to be a theatrical release. And then we've been talking about this for a while. Judd Apatow's Pete Davidson starrer, The King of Staten Island, PVOD, this Friday, June 12th. It's happening. It's straight to PVOD, no drive-ins, no enclosed theaters, nope. strictly a stay-at-home joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it does anything. So what do you mean by that? Because Trolls World Tour opened at what? I forget, but it was around 50 million reported for the PVOD opening weekend. We won't get numbers, is what I'm saying. You don't think next Monday, Universal is the studio behind this movie. You don't think they're boasting about the PVOD numbers for King of Staten Island. You don't think they're reporting we've sold $25 million worth of two-day rentals nope i think i think the fact that this movie is not getting drive-in they're not even they're not they're not even attempting to put it in the few theaters that are open shows that the interest for this movie is is very limited and i think you know what's going to happen the big story is going to be the spike lee movie the five bloods Netflix mm-hmm. is going to come out with their numbers for that, and that's going to overshadow anything that they can. King of Staten Island can say they did. Okay, let's let's do a little over under game. Okay. Something we used to love to play every week when we were predicting uh, real box office. Mm-hmm. Twenty five million dollars. PVOD reportage you're going under well there's if it's only 25 mil they won't report it that's the thing like if this movie only makes 25 million dollars at pvod it just won't be reported so so my bet is is yeah it's it's gonna be under that and not reported can i just then say it will be reported. But what's the point? What's the point in which I think we're getting down to the nitty gritty of this question. Is right. What right. is the point where a company like Paramount will report a PVOD number? Okay. For then this I'm going to say movie. Maybe 25 is when they report because I think what was so, the expectation? Because- Exactly. Like if this movie had come out in movie theaters and I had this on my bombs list, I don't think this is a movie that has any chance of making $25 million in theatrical box office like Trainwreck. 
was the last Judd Apatow theatrical movie. And that was a hit. And I think that only opened to like maybe 30. You know, so King of Staten Island is with a much less, I would say, buzzy comedian than Schumer was, Amy Schumer was when Trainwreck came out. So, yeah, I don't think King of Staten Island was going to be a big hit. So I think if this makes $25 million in PVOD, I think they're reporting it. I think we're getting a press release. I'm predicting a press release. So Trainwreck made $30, $30 million opening weekend. Wow, I nailed it. Yeah. And he, there's no way... Yeah, there's no way Pete Davidson would have made the same... I say it's under 25, and they don't report the number. I think they report rentals or some. They'll report something, but I don't think money is going to be what they report. So you think they'll just report Instagram likes to his posting of the trailer? Trailer watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think the reaction video to the trailer that Pete Davidson puts on his Instagram account will get more eyeballs than this movie will by millions. Interesting. All right. I'm going the other way. I'm going to say we get a press release touting the actual PVOD numbers. Okay. We'll see. It's a bet. It's a bet. You got to love a bet. Um, Clayton, I think we did it. We totally did it. Where can they find us, Pat? Where can they talk to us? So you could talk to us at our email address, theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. And like we said earlier, shoot us an email and uh, let us know why you should be the lucky listener that gets to take me to see Becky in the drive-in. Send us an email, and perhaps I will let you drive me to a movie. That sounds wonderful. Now, Pat, here is the time where I talk about our Patreon. I don't, I don't really feel like talking about it much right now because it's still frozen. We're not asking for money until tenant. At that time, we will ask for money. We'll ask for the money that has been owed for the last couple months because it's a freeze it's not a we're not waiving that money but i will say you know listen if you're giving that money to to a good cause then you're not going to owe us tenant you're not going to owe us on the tenant day the, you know do what you think is right give what you can give but don't worry about our Patreon right now. It's frozen anyway. So if you do have a little time, you want to go window shop, do it. But otherwise, you know. Yeah, I think that's great. Give somewhere else instead of our Patreon. And then when yeah. Tenant opens, we'll, we'll reevaluate together. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure, figure it, it out. out. Love it. And so, till next time, we'll... we'll Smell you at the box office. Nailed it.